I want to talk about is thinking about baptism and how we are making these decisions about um, pursuing God and how often he is just pursuing us so, so much more than we ever think or imagine. Sometimes when we look back, we can see it. But a few months ago, um, we did a series on Acts 2. If you're here, we called it Unshakable, and we were talking about community. And we talked about what the scripture's design was for the local church and what the scripture's design was for the people in that church and the things that we need to be so that we can be an Acts 2 church. And when you look just back up just a few more verses, we didn't cover these verses in that series, but in Acts 2, 37 through 39, we see Peter, and he's teaching um, to a crowd of people, a crowd of people that um, had just come into relationship with Christ, and he's sharing with them this message. And I want to read it to you. It's Acts 2, 37 through 39, so just before all of that stuff about how a church should look. And it says, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? So Peter explains to them, this is what Christ did for you. And they're, they're just blown away. They say, brothers, what should we do? And Peter replies, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. And so Peter very clearly spells out the action steps of our faith. He says, once you believe in Jesus and you put your trust and your faith in him, the next step is to be baptized in water. Because this is a declaration of the thing that you just did. It's the declaration of what you just confessed and professed. And the scripture also talks about something in that passage that happens after you believe in Jesus Christ and you put your faith and trust in him. And it says, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to talk a little bit this morning about what does that mean? What is the gift of the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit's role in the life of a Christ follower? And I thought of several things that the Holy Spirit does, and so I want to talk about those. And the first is that the Holy Spirit fills us with hope. The Holy Spirit fills us with hope. You know, the message of the heart of the gospel is what they just sang that God ran to us, that God ran to us and he picks us up in our brokenness and, and in our difficulties and we trust him and he runs to us and he pursues us. And a verse that you probably have heard before, Jeremiah 29, 11, says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And so he says, I'm going to pick up all the broken pieces of your life and I'm going to give you a future and I'm going to give you a hope. And in the book of John, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is like the wind. It's strong. The Holy Spirit's powerful. The Holy Spirit transitions our lives from one direction to another. He guides us. He empowers us. He leads us. The Holy Spirit is like wind in that it sustains us. If you are in a sailboat in the middle of the lake and the wind stops, you're not going very far. <laughs> But the Holy Spirit is what catches the sail as if in the wind and it directs us. But we don't enjoy that unless our sail is set, unless our sail is positioned to be guided by the wind. 
And so he says in the book of John, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's sort of the language of setting your sail, the language of being available, being filled, repenting of sin, trusting in God, saying, Holy Spirit, I'll be who you want me to be. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. It's not my ship anymore. It's not my course anymore. God, it's yours. I trust you. I invite you. I welcome you. And I believe that often baptism, like actually going under the water and coming back up, declares that. It says we're dead to our old self. You know that, that self that wants to make all the decisions for ourselves. That, that self that says, um, this is how I want to do my life and this is when I want to do it. We say in baptism, we go under the water and say that the old self is gone, but what's resurrecting is the new self. The old has gone, the new has come, and my new life will be Holy Spirit directed, and my new life will be full of hope. And that's why when people were beginning to accept Christ and, and believe and confess in him, Peter says, go get baptized. You got to get this right. Get your old self out of the picture and be resurrected with, to your new self that is Holy Spirit led and Holy Spirit directed. And I believe that the work of the Holy Spirit is that it opens our eyes to that Jeremiah 29, 11 verse. It opens our, our eyes to that the love of God will allow our future to be good, will allow our future to be bright, will allow our future to be hopeful. And hope is not some vague emotion that comes out of nowhere, like a stomach ache. <laughs> hope is this confidence. It's not this thing that comes and goes. It is this confidence that the amazing and amazing future is promised, that there is hope and there is a future and that the word of God is really going to happen, and that God is good, and he wants good things for you. And when you are full of, when you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you up, you have this confidence, not in yourself and in the future that you can build yourself, but you have this confidence in the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. Instead of self-confidence, it's God-confidence, that you're full of God and the Holy Spirit and you have confidence that in that moment he is fighting for you, he is running to you, he, he is going before you in every way. And so there are so many promises in, in God's word and I believe that the way to be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be filled with his word. We have to have an understanding of God's word and, and the way we can live in the power of the Holy Spirit is to live in the promises of who God is. And these promises uh, fill us with hope and this hope fills us with joy and the joy overflows with power and freedom to love each other. And then all of a sudden there's this fullness of the Holy Spirit because one thing births another. And so we can live in the promises of God with hope and joy and power and freedom and fullness of the Holy Spirit. So there are so many passages in the scripture about the Holy Spirit, but I wanted to just zone in on one um, that has a lot of promises about it in Isaiah 44, 1 through 5. And so you can follow along on the screen there. It says, but now listen, Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you. Do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land 
and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. And then they will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. Some will say, I belong to the Lord. Others will call themselves by the name of Jacob. And still others will write on their hand the Lord's and will take the name Israel. So I want to look at that passage in Isaiah for just a few minutes as we talk about the role of the Holy Spirit and the life of a believer. Uh, in verse 3, it says that God promised that the day is coming that he would fill his servants with the Holy Spirit. And he actually uses the word pour out, an outpouring, pour out his spirit. How many of you um, laid in bed last night and listened to the rain? Did it rain at your house? Was it just in Wattsburg? Okay, it rained and it poured and it, it beat against the house so much so that all my little girls woke up <laughs> and said, what is happening? And when I think about when we say it's, it's pouring outside, it's not just drizzling or sprinkling or you can tiptoe through the raindrops and make it to your car with your hair not frizzy. That's not what pouring is. It's pouring if you go outside, you will get soaked to the bone. If I took a bucket outside, the rain would have soaked me and filled the bucket. And then I would have had enough in my bucket to throw on someone else, right? Pouring out, overflowing, so much so that we won't even be able to, to carry it all on ourselves, that we will have to, we, we even gather it and we have so much left over to flow out. And God says, there will be a day when my people will be drenched with the Spirit. And not just drenched, but if they hold out their buckets, they'll be full enough that they can overflow to other people. God is saying that that is what the day will look like. And the passage goes on to say that this outpouring of the Holy Spirit will change the people. This outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this overflowing, will do something inside of us. And Isaiah says, the first thing it will do is eliminate fear. The Holy Spirit will eliminate fear. Verse 2 says, fear not, O Jacob, my servant. The Spirit of God is God. And when he pours out upon you, you're safe. Not that we won't have trouble or hardships or that our, our bank account won't get low or our heart won't get broken, but safe from everything that God Almighty knows is not good for you. Safe that from everything that God can't turn back to use for his glory. Nothing will happen outside of what God can use to bring his glory to the earth. And when we are drenched with the Spirit, we can be drenched with the assurance that God is so close to us, that he is near us. And whatever seems fearful about tomorrow doesn't need to be fearful if we're filled with the Spirit. If we are filled to the tippy top, relationships at home could be tense, health could be deteriorating, your boss may be planning your dismissal, tomorrow may be a very threatening confrontation, but whatever is making you anxious about tomorrow, open your heart to the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit, look to his word of promise, and he will fill you with hope that he promises to conquer that fear. I, I heard this before, um, but courage isn't that you have no fear, it's that you face it. 
Courage isn't that you don't have any fear, it's that you face it. You stand up before it, you look it in the face, and you say, by the power of the Holy Spirit, this fear won't get the best of me. That's what courage is. I've told this uh, example before, but I love it. It's um, an example of a beautiful deer-like animal named the Impala. It's also a car, but um, this one's about the deer. And um, he, uh, the deer lives in East Africa. Uh, the um, lifespan of the deer is about 12 years, okay? And Impala can jump 33 feet in one single leap and over 10 feet in the air. And it jumps about 70 miles an hour, about how fast Joel drives to church on Sunday morning. Just kidding. Uh, but these beautiful creatures, these deer, you can see them in zoos uh, with three-foot walls surrounding them. Because impalas won't jump if they can't see where their feet are going to land. And so they are staying put between walls that they can't even see over, but they have all of what's inside of them to jump out of that pen and go anywhere they want and be free, but they won't because they're afraid because they cannot see where their feet are going to land. And when I read that, it just struck me that we are grown men, grown women with our lives before us, but often stop dead in our tracks, limited, frozen in fear, because we can't see where our feet are going to land, and so we never, ever jump. And the Holy Spirit eliminates that fear. The Holy Spirit says, I'm going to fill you up to the tippy top, and when there's a risk before you, and I ask you to jump, and you can't see all the details or see all the results, you will have the courage to do it. That scripture also says that the Holy Spirit satisfies us. Verse 3 talks about, um, I will pour water on the thirsty land. I'll pour water on the thirsty land. When the Holy Spirit is poured out, it removes our fears, it gives us hope, and it satisfies us. You know, the, the soul's thirst for God is quenched. Or, or at least we have seen enough of it that we know where to drink for the rest of our lives. <laughs> we, we know where uh, we can go for that satisfaction to happen. You know, I have met so many great women and men of God uh, in their 20s or their 30s who are just waiting to be happy. They're, they're just waiting uh, to find their husband or their wife or they're waiting to have a kid to love or secure the right well-paying job or find the place where they fit. They're just waiting. And so much of their lives are consumed with attaining what they long for, what, what they're trying to get. And you know, if we're really being honest, it doesn't just happen in our 20s and 30s. Most of our lives are consumed with chasing after our own desires. The thing, our goals, the things that we want to accomplish or be. And Isaiah's promise is just what we need. When the Spirit is poured into our heart, fear is taken away and that thirst is satisfied. Or if, if let me put it this way, if the Spirit has taken away what is fearful out of our future and put what is soul satisfying into our future, then we have this full assurance of hope because then the outcome of our future isn't so dependent on the things we do, the people we meet, the places we, we do, the goals we accomplish. The outcome of our future is just that we have satisfaction in who Christ is. 
And so just about anything can happen. Our life can look just about any way because we have the assurance of hope that Christ is directing the sale. So we begin to see in Romans 15, 13, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we abound in hope. The Holy Spirit can satisfy us. We don't have to wait anymore. We don't have to wait another day. We don't have to wait another hour. We don't have to wait another minute because the Holy Spirit can satisfy us completely so that we don't need anything else. Not one extra thing outside of who he is to make us happy, to make us content, to make us purposeful. So the Holy Spirit eliminates fear, brings us hope. The Holy Spirit um, allows us to, to have great purpose and direction. It satisfies us. And also the Holy Spirit sustains us. Okay, I want to look at verse 4 there. Um, it describes yet another effect of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It says, um, the, those who experience it will spring up among grass like willows by flowing streams. So the outpouring of the Holy Spirit isn't like a one-time deal. It isn't an awesome, one awesome worship service or one experience that you have. What this says is that pouring of the Holy Spirit is like we're a tree by a stream and we just continually are drinking up the water. We're just continually drinking up the water. So in your life right now, you may feel like you're surrounded by desert. Things are just dried up. They aren't working out the way that you expected them. Something needs to change. And I think so often we kind of go in this mode, okay, so I will change my major. I'll get a new job. I'll get a new girlfriend. Not a good idea. <laughs> I'll change a habit. I'll root for a different sports team. You know, we try to think of all these things. What are some things that we can change? I'll get more sleep. I'll do this. I'll do that. But have you ever felt like everything was changing but at the same time, everything was staying the same. That, that, that depression and anxiety you, you feel is still present even though you're in a new city or in a new relationship. That those habits you want to shake have followed you into the next season of change. That, that you, are, really you can change everything about your life and still feel empty and still feel hopeless. But the only real change that works. The only real change that works forever is to have your roots go down by the stream of the Spirit. It says in verse 4, there you will always flourish. If you draw on his life, you will never thirst, and the assurance of hope will give rise to that joy. The tree planted by streams of water in Isaiah 44 is this picture of a person who has experienced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and is just drawing every day, just drawing from that stream of life, drawing from that stream to be able to experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I heard this metaphor once. Imagine uh, a child walking along holding his father's hand. All right, And all is well, the child's happy, he feels secure, um, they're not having a lot of conversation, but he knows his father loves him, there's no unusual urge to talk or sing about it, it's true, it's pleasant, they're walking, they love each other, they're, they're enjoying whatever you know, the, they're seeing on the trail. And then suddenly, the father 
kind of startles the child by reaching down and just sweeping him up into his arms and just hugs him tightly and kisses him and, and just says, I love you so much. And then, and then he holds the child out and he looks him square in the eyes and he says, and I am so glad you're mine. And then he hugs him a little bit more and, and sets him down. And there's this sort of unspeakable warmth and unspeakable affection. And, and, then, and then they just continue to walk. This is what happens when a person is baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's a pleasant and happy walk with God that just in a moment, you get swept up into this unspeakable new level of joy and assurance and hope. And it's this moment where, where everything you always knew just becomes a little clearer and a little more real and a little more able to express it to other people. And then sort of back to the metaphor, the child is kind of stunned and he doesn't know whether to cry or shout or fall down or run away. He is so happy. And his subconscious doubts are just completely gone. And in their place is this utter and indestructible insurance that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that God is real and that, and that Jesus lives and that you're loved and that to be saved is the greatest thing in the world. And you just want to walk down the street and you can hardly contain yourself. And you just want to say, you know what? My, my father loves me and he's such a good father and he loves me and he's such a good father. And I can't contain it. and I don't know what to say, but he loves me and he's such a good dad. And I'm so thankful that I'm his son and he's my dad. And I, I just imagine that this is basically what's happening at Pentecost, that the people are standing around and they have a relationship with Christ. But, but over and over again in, at Pentecost and in the lives of God's people since then, that these people had these moments where they're so filled with the fullness of God. They're so overwhelmed with the length and the breadth and the height and the depth of Christ that they begin to just speak the greatnesses of God. And their minds are fresh and new and, and they have this breathtaking vision of God and their mouth is overflowing with prophetic praise. The scripture says, sons, daughters, old, young, slave, free. It does not have any favoritism. It is for everyone that wants to seek more of who God is. And I believe that this is the kind of experience that Jesus meant when he talked about how the Holy Spirit helps us witness. Remember in Acts 1.8, um, it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I believe that when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you have that moment, you change from being an advocate who can prove like a good lawyer that Jesus rose from the dead. Here's the facts. Here's the proof. You change from that. And under the influence of this power, this experience of Jesus Christ, you speak with this unwavering assurance of who you believe in because you've met him. Because you have had a face-to-face -face encounter. Because you have been swept up in his love and you can't quite explain it and you don't deserve it. But you can stand there and say, this is who God is and I know it to be true because of what I've seen and heard and been in my life. And you move from being an advocate of Christianity to being a witness of the living Christ. And you move from simply 
uh, deducing Christian truths from valid premises to proclaiming them boldly as experienced realities. And I believe that this is the power and the witness that takes Christ to the end of the earth. That that is what he's talking about. And I believe that that's what can happen here this morning. That the Holy Spirit can bring us hope. If you are facing your future and things look bleak or scary or frustrating, that the Holy Spirit can fill you today and bring you hope beyond understanding. That if you are facing fear, fear of a circumstance or situation that is very tangible, or maybe it's anxiety that's rooted in fear that you can't even quite, you and your counselor can't figure out where that anxiety is coming from. I think that the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, can eliminate those fears. The Holy Spirit can sustain you if you are in a season of your life that you are just a little tired. The Holy Spirit can sustain you. The Holy Spirit can give you a witness. I'm praying today that we would leave here and we just can't stop talking about the experience we have had with the Holy Spirit because we become a witness and we're saying the experienced reality of what God is doing in my life is so big, I, I don't even have to plan what I'm going to say. It just leaks out of me. It just comes out in every conversation I have. And I believe that if you're here this morning and your life has not been satisfying, maybe you're waiting on something or waiting on someone or you feel like you're kind of in spinning your wheels because Somebody else has to make the move in order for things to work out. You can't force other people to do those things. I believe that the Holy Spirit can fill you from, from the bottom to the top and satisfy you in every single way so that you can stand fully satisfied and fully confident that your future has a hope, whether you see it working out that way or, or not, that God will do what he has designed to do. So this morning, I have two opportunities for you to consider. This is what the early church did. We just saw in Acts 2.37 that, that Peter said, look, repent and be baptized if you have faith and hope in Jesus Christ and you haven't done it yet, and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so um, this, I really believe, when we decide to take action in our faith, we quit being a meeting and we start being a movement when we decide to take action. And so um, first, if you have confessed with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord today, the next step says that in Scripture you should be baptized in water. And some of you have come prepared to do that. And if you just come up here, um, I know Ann and Nick, come on up. If there's anyone else, bring your, yeah, bring your poster there. Now, some of you are saying, I did not plan to, to do this, but I am feeling like an obedience. I've accepted Christ, and now I'm going to go be baptized in water. Guess what? We brought you an extra towel, okay? You can do it today. You don't have to make a plan and, you know, make sure everybody knows it's happening. If God is prompting you to be baptized and you have accepted Christ as your Savior, in just a minute, I want you to be prepared to just follow these guys out the back door. They'll give you everything you need. And we will be so excited that you have obeyed what God has asked you to do. And so uh, we have you guys um, show, you know, show your posters here. We just had them write this out because we would love to hear more of their stories. And so as you 
meet them today and celebrate with them. Um, Nick says, I got baptized today because he healed me of anger and depression. Let's just thank God for that right now. This is what the Holy Spirit does, right? Fills you to the very top and, and completely eliminates these things, uproots them. That's amazing. And Anne wrote, I got baptized today because I was lost, but now I'm found. Let's just thank God for that. I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit, God ran to us, and then the Holy Spirit bore witness to Anne's heart. She made a decision for Jesus, and now she is standing to say, I'm going to obey you, God, and I'm going to be baptized in water. Why don't you guys lead us out, and if anyone, or grab your towels, whatever you need, you can go get ready to be baptized. You can go ahead. Yeah, wherever. <laughs> I mean, you can stay here too, but it's up there. Um, and so if you want to be with them, if you want to uh, also get baptized, go ahead. Go out in the lobby. They'll, they'll help you out. We have everything that you need. Secondly, though, perhaps maybe you say, I've been baptized with water. But you would say this morning that you need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that you need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The scripture says they were baptized in water and they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and you know, you want more hope. You want more joy. You want more boldness. You want more of the fullness of God. You want to be swept up in your Father's arms and filled to the brim overflowing. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to just pray for that. So would you stand? We're actually going to get ready to worship. Now, if this is you, I want you to just simply ask Jesus in just a moment for the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life. And ask him, with every baptism we do in the, in the tank, with every water baptism, you can say, God, I want that same experience in your Holy Spirit. God loves to answer the prayer for more of him. He just loves that. And, and the scripture says uh, that the Holy Spirit uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit happens by the laying on of hands. So in just a moment, if you want prayer for that, I'm going to have you raise your hand, and we're going to pray just all across the sanctuary. I do want to tell you that in the scripture, um, it says that sometimes there's physical manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and basically that just means that your, your flesh cannot contain the supernatural of the Holy Spirit, and so sometimes uh, you, you might have just experiences that, that are a little bit different than what you usually have, but God, Holy Spirit's a gentleman, okay? Nothing crazy is going to happen to you. You just let the Holy Spirit work in your life, and he will bring joy and peace and boldness and freedom. All right, so right now, all across this place, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit by the baptism of the Holy Spirit, would you just raise your hand? And if someone has their hand raised next to them, touch them. Don't be weird, okay? Just touch them on the back of the shoulder, all right? Go ahead, touch them. Just lay, lay hands on these people. All across, look around, look around. If you're a council member, go ahead and find someone who doesn't have someone to pray for. All right, let's pray right now. Would you just agree with me? Jesus, right now we come to you. And we thank you that you more than anything want to express how much you love us and how much joy and peace and freedom that we can find in you. And Father God, I pray right now for the baptism of the Holy Spirit among these right now who are asking for it. Father God, we believe that you just want to fill us up. You want to just pull up, grab us up on a walk like a father and a son and, and just assure us, God, of who you are and how much you love us. And so I pray right now in this moment and as we do baptisms, God, that your Holy Spirit would be real to us, Father God. 
that we would begin on a new journey today, that we wouldn't be able to contain it, God, because your love is so real, that your love is so genuine, Father God. And even now I pray for those that are maybe doubting, or God, this is a new experience, Lord, I pray that your precious Holy Spirit would bring a peace and a familiarity, Father God, because of who you are and what you're doing. God, we trust you. We want to be a church that declares to everyone how much you love them. And so we pray today, uh, God, that you would just move in the hearts of those that are getting water baptized and, Lord, those who are receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. And, Father, it's in your name I pray. Amen. Let's worship together.